want to welcome those who are worshiping with us on Live Great Outreach TV, our YouTube channel, and those who are also uh, listening to this on audio by podcast in iTunes or on Buzzsprouts. I want to say God will increase you all on every side in Jesus' name. We are starting a brand new series today uh, titled The Quickening Power of the Holy Spirit. This is a new series that will take us over the next five weeks. Let's give the Lord a big hand, a big hand. Amen. In this place, we take the word of God very seriously. The word of God is what we are about because in it lies the liberation power. And so in this place, we take the word of God very seriously and we want to encourage, engage with it. We put it out on all the platforms, on video, on audio, so that you can go over it again, go over it again. Take your Bible, study it, listen to other preachers. I will be the last person who will tell you not to listen to somebody else. Listen to other preachers, particularly those that you know are teaching the truth. There are all kinds of preachers out there now. The moment, like you heard again when they were telling the children, the moment you see somebody manifesting something that is not word-based, ignore it. Even if he has a church of 50,000, it doesn't matter, or 70,000. It doesn't matter. Because the Bible says there will be some who will be deceiving many. But you will know. There is a witness of the Spirit of God inside you. Every time you hear the Word of God that is right, you connect with it. You understand what I'm saying? Every time there is something suspect, something rejects it in you. When you reject it first time, reject it second time, leave it. But I want to charge you and encourage you, be a, stu- a student of the word of God. It will show the balance in this end time. So this, quickening, this uh, uh, series on the quickening power of the Holy Spirit is to help us to see how we can be quickened, how we can be established. And we have a banner today which is going to be used throughout the series And the first session today is on the quickened spirit. We all know that man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. We all know that by now. So we'll be seeing how the quickened uh, tripartite being of a human being works. The spirit man, the soul man, or the soul of man, and the body of man. And then we will end with the two sessions on freedom in Christ and saved to serve. And by the grace of God, that will take us through the Easter time and also to the end of the month. The Lord will continue to grant us understanding in Jesus' name. So that will be our banner. I put the flame around it because it is something for us to understand. The quickening power gives life. It burns. It gives passion. It gives zeal. It gives energy. It makes alive. And so we'll be looking at how how God does that through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God through this series and how we can always embrace it. Let's take our context from Romans chapter 8. This will be our anchor scripture throughout this teaching. Romans chapter 8. We have read it. Those of you who are watching on LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to the message by podcast, we read Romans chapter 8 verse 1 to 17 as our scriptural text. But I want to read from verse 11. It's on the screen at the back and on the screens in front of you. If you can, please read with me. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. We'll go to verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Let's read verse 16 again. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Praise the Lord. So the word quicken is not a common word. It is one of the sort of 17th century language, English language words that captured. It was used in King James because King James was written at that time. It captured the word to revive or to make alive. To revive or to make alive. Actually, Romans 8.11 in King James Version, not the new King James, which we read, reads like this. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also, that is new King James that you are watching, but listen to what I'm reading in King James. He said, but he, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, thank you, your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. He shall also quicken. The New King James translates that word to give life to your mortal bodies. So quickening thus involves revival. It involves preservation of life. It is God's prerogative to quicken. When man was created, the Bible makes us to understand, as we will soon see again in scripture, that man became a living being. But the Bible says that there was a time when Jesus had to die to pay for the sin of man, and then there was a spirit that raised him from the dead. And that spirit that raised Jesus, the son of man, from the dead is also in us. And the Bible says, if that spirit raised him from the dead, he shall also quicken. He shall also give life to our own mortal bodies. We know that there is an ultimate goal of resurrection that we will have at the end of the day. But we must understand that as we live this life, there is also the place where God is constantly, continuously quickening our spirit, quickening our soul, and quickening our bodies. So as Christians, we have been spiritually quickened by God when we got born again. We must understand this because many of us do not know what it means to be born again. To be born again is not a fashion statement. Many years ago, in the, early, in the late 80s, it was very, very fashionable. In fact, if you were going about then and you were not born again, you looked like an odd person. Everybody around was, it was like a cliche, I'm born again, you're born again, I'm born, you're born, yeah, born, yeah, oh yeah, we're born. <laughs> but it's more than just being a cliche. This is a new life. This is a quickened life. The word quick in the Bible is also made to mean living. That is why you will see scriptures like Hebrews 4, 12, we're not turning to it. It will say the word of God is quick and active. Some translations will say the word of God is living. The word of God is alive. So the word quicken means that it is given a new lease of life. So when Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, he's not talking about this breath that we breathe in and breathe out and we move about and have the characteristics of living things. He's talking about the abundant life, the very nature of God, the kind, the lifestyle of God. And so we must understand this. We were once sinners. We didn't have that life. 
He who does not have the son does not have life. But he who has the son has life. That's what 1 John 5, 12 says. But I want us to quickly read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, to give this some context again. Ephesians 2, from verse 1. Let's read together. And you, look at your neighbor and say, you too. Say, you too. Okay, let's read it again. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Verse 2. And we're reading verse 2 now. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in sons of disobedience. He said you were once like that. You were walking according to that power. You had no control over your life. When he says go now and commit adultery, you just go. When he says go now, tell a lie, you just tell a lie. When he says go now and do evil, you just did it. Because you were under the influence of that spirit. What's happening, guys? Verse 2. Verse 2 again. In which, let's read it. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. So as many who are still disobedient are under that spirit. He said, you, you were once dead. Go back to verse 1. You were once dead in trespasses. But now he has made you alive. Look at that. When he says you were dead, you were really alive in quote. But the Bible makes you, to under, you and I to understand that the life you had before you were born again was a life of death. <laughs> it was not the living world. It was not the everlasting life. It was not the abundant life. He said you were once dead in trespasses, in sins. And you once walked. But now he has made you alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he said in verse 3, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. We only did what the flesh wanted us to do. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath just as others. This is why we need to be very merciful to other people. When we are privileged to be born again, we must understand that we must look around us every time and see people who are where we were and be merciful to them. The people who are where we were need to hear the word we heard. They need to have the encounter we have had so that we also who have been transformed and who have been translated from that life of trespasses and death can also reach out to them with the same love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God does this for us as we receive Jesus by grace through faith. We know this from Ephesians chapter 2. If you continue to read where we have read now, verse 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your doing, but it is the gift of God. Least any man should boast. You and I should know that the privilege we have to be saved is just a privilege. It's just a privilege. It's like somebody who just got born. Look at the children. Look at the, uh, 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 the, the, the people, the members of the royal family, for example. What did Prince Charles and his sons do to be born into that family? Nothing. Nothing. They just got born. It's a gift to them. They just found themselves in this part of the world and they told them that they are royalty. 
That is exactly what it is to us. When we get born again, we did not do anything to deserve it. It is the grace of God that found us out and said we should also be enlisted among those who can be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. And so we must treasure it. And we must understand that this new birth simply means we have to live a life that is worthy. We see the people in the royal family carry themselves in such dignity. When they go out of line, it is so easy news across the world. Everybody says, look at, look at the royal family. Look at the member of the royal family behaving this way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As old as the Duke of Edinburgh is, look at the news that he made with his driving incident a few months back. This is how it is. The whole world heard about it because he's royalty. So many people his age, if they drive... Okay, let me not go there. Okay, hallelujah. If you drive like that and kill yourself, they will just say bye. (laughs) It won't make any news at all. But because he's royalty, it made news. They wanted to be sure he was still okay, he was still alive. That is the same way you, this is, the, this is an earthly royal. But the Bible says you and I are royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people, we are a holy nation. We are special to God, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor for me, you are a special species. Say you are not ordinary. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 45. The Bible says, and so it is written, the first Adam became a living being. Remember in Genesis 2-7, the Bible says, and God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. The first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam, talking about Jesus Christ, became what? A life-giving spirit. This is the difference between Adam and Jesus. By Adam, sin entered into the world. By Jesus, salvation, a newness of life, sin and death came into the world by Adam. But life-giving spirit of Jesus gave us new life. So when we come to the Son, to Jesus Christ, we have this newness of life. This should change your mindset. This should help you to understand that as a child of God, you cannot afford to allow the devil to buffet you like he does to every other person who is still under his control. The only thing he can use against you and I is ignorance. This is why the Bible says when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. We are hearing the truth again about our spirit man that is our core person being quickened, being made alive, and what that means to us and how we ought to conduct ourselves. In verse 46, it says, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and then afterward, the spiritual. We start off as being born of clay, verse 47. We start off as being born of clay. The first man was of the earth, made of dust, but the second man is the Lord from heaven, When you accept that second man, you become a heavenly citizen. Hallelujah. You are no longer a British citizen or an African country citizen or any other country citizen that you may be, but you are now a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3.20 tells us that. We become citizens of heaven because we have accepted the second man who is the Lord from heaven. We are born like the man who was of the earth. Every one of us is born into that law of sin and death. That is why Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. Because if you are not in Christ, you are condemned already. John 3.17 
you are condemned already. Please note these scriptures. These are scriptures that every believer must know and understand perfectly. Otherwise, the devil will continue to take advantage of such a life. But the devil will not take advantage of your own life. In the name of Jesus. So the Bible says we are therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit. Go back to verse 46. For the law of the spirit. Go back to verse 45. Thank you. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the life-giving spirit, has made you and I free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no condemnation. So what does that mean? Now listen to me. The devil has succeeded in making many people backslide. The moment you are in, you are in. The problem is that you can displace yourself by ignorance. You are still in. The son of the prodigal, the prodigal son, rather, the prodigal son was that man's son. Everywhere, even in the pig's pen. He was still that man's son. But he thought he was no longer a son. He said, I will go back. That is what many believers have done. They, they would think because they have done something, they have left home, they have, they have displaced themselves for so long, they are no longer sons. No, you are always a son. My son, till this life ends, my sons will always be my sons by the grace of God. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter anymore. Does that mean we should live the way we like and just say I'm a son? No. It just simply means when you have that mentality, you guard it jealously. So that even if for any reason the devil has succeeded in cheating you and taking you further from God, all you need one day is to say, I will arise like that prodigal son and I'll go back home. And I tell you, the arms of the father is always waiting for you. I say he's always waiting for you. And he will receive you back to your very, very rightful position in the name of Jesus. So as tripartite beings, therefore, we are spirits. And our spirits are quickened by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 154 tells us, Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me. Revive me. Plead my cause and redeem me. Go back to New King James, please. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. According to your way. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Turn my eyes, thank you, away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Remember John 14 verse 6? He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by him. This is why we must understand the focus of the believer on the Father is only through the word of God. Every time you get yourself into the word of God, every time the devil is trying to confuse you, you get yourself back into the word of God, he refocuses on you. Friends, I want you to know what you saw in Genesis chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the deep and God spoke the word and we began to see manifestation, is the same principle of the Trinity. It has never changed. Every time you want to be revived in your spirit man, your spirit man is what gets born again. Your soul only gets transformed per time in line with your born again spirit. That is why the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, not by the renewal of your spirit. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind because your mind is such a dependent on the spirit man. If you let your mind 
not feed from the spirit, your flesh will feed your mind. The flesh is very open to temptations. It's very open to frivolities. It's very open to sin. And so when we don't train our spirit man to take control of our mind and our flesh and our, our mind, the flesh tries to influence the, the mind. The Bible says we should always be praying, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Revive me in the truth. Hallelujah. So we must understand that our spirit man has to be quickened. It has to be revived. It has to be given life. All true. For two main reasons. One, our spirit man must be quickened to preserve our spiritual lives. Psalm 119 verse 37. We've read that now. It says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. We have to allow our spirit man to continue to guide us by being quickened. You see, when we don't know the word of God, the Holy Spirit has nothing to hover over. When your, your, the extent to which you engage with the word of God is the degree to which you allow your spirit man to be empowered. How many of you have ever bought a phone? And uh, many of us have smartphones now. I doubt if anybody doesn't have a smartphone now. So I think I can say that confidently. Except you are my father. Hallelujah. Everybody has a smartphone. And, my, and, and smartphones have so many functions. Now, how many of you know that there are apps on your phone that you have never touched? How many of you will agree? And it's there, and you have loads of it. Some of you will even download it, and then you leave it there like that. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? Some of those apps that you have never touched could be life-saving apps. They might save you from many things, but you never knew because you've never touched it. That's the same way the Word of God is. That's the same way the Word of God is. Until you engage with every aspect of it, what it has already given to you to be a benefit to you can never deliver to you. You can only go to the extent of what you know. It's very funny. When many of us go and buy new cars, they will give you specs. You say, yeah, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one. At the end of the day, you use only one. <laughs> you say, I like that phone. It is 250 gigabytes. It has this, it has that. It has this processor. At the end of the day, you will just be making call and making text with it. <laughs> this is the same way the word of God is. We come to God, we say, Lord, I want the fullness of life. I want abundant life. Then he gives you his word. And then we engage with parts of it. And then we are wondering why we are not taking full delivery of everything. I remember when I was getting a review for my car. And the lady says it has about five different drive speeds. Eco, Comfort, Sport, and Sport Plus. And she kept on, I said, I like that kind of thing. Then it was almost one year later, I discovered that I have never moved from the Comfort one I've been driving inside ever since I got the car. Then I said to myself, I'm cheating myself. Because the car has different modes. If you want to save fuel, you are not speeding, you don't need to speed, you can put it on eco mode. So you engage with it and it saves your fuel. If you want to really be very sporty, you want it to move quick, you can put it on, on uh, uh, sports mode and so on. And then when I started testing it, I said, ah, I see it, I've been missing like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is exactly how the word of God is. When you start to find some things in scripture, you say, ah, 
I've been cheating myself. When the devil comes and tells you that, no, that sickness is your portion. There is nothing you can do about it. The doctor said it is hereditary. The doctor said it is yours. One day when you read Isaiah 53 verse 5, and it says, by his stripes you have been healed. You say, ah, I'm the one he's talking about. I'm now healed. I'm no longer that person who is bound by that sickness. Your spirit man now can be energized, can be quickened, because you have discovered a truth. You need to be studious of the word of God because until you learn these things, you continue to suffer what the world is suffering. But you will not suffer anymore. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 80 verse 17 says, Let your hand be upon the the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Let your right hand be upon him. May his right hand be upon you. I say, may his right hand be upon you. Verse 18, let's read verse 18 together. The Bible says in verse 18, Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name. Many of us are having a go-come-slow spiritual life today because we have a weakened spirit man. You need an energized spirit man. By the grace of God for over 30 years now, by the grace of God, I have never partially served God in any church. I don't do church by going today, don't come tomorrow. They find they are looking for me for two weeks. Never, for 30 years. I have four pastors that are in this country today that I have served with over the last, over that period. They are in this country. I can give you their phone numbers. When I was, and I've always been practicing engineering for that period. I've been a graduate since 1989. I've been serving God in that way. Practicing my engineering, teaching. I've been teaching all those times. But church, when I commit to a church, I don't do it like this and like that. The reason why you get tired easily is because you are not connecting with the spirit of revival. The reason why your spirit man is up today, down tomorrow, not strong tomorrow, like this tomorrow, sleeping today, waking tomorrow. You can't do that. When he revives you, you don't turn back. Hallelujah. When he revives you, you are energized from within. When you are energized from within, your soul follows, your body follows. When your spirit man is strong, when you wake up in the morning to pray, Everything follows. (laughs) Everything obeys. Because there is a spirit man that is strong on the inside. The reason why Peter, James, and John were sleeping was because when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus was because the spirit was weak. That is why the flesh was weak. Jesus' spirit was charged. So his flesh was not weak. You and I must understand. We will look at the quickening of the soul and the, and the body in the next couple of weeks. But you need to understand this is the most important. When your spirit man is right with God and is getting quickened by the Holy Spirit every time, you remain strong and vibrant in your spiritual journey. I pray that God will give you such testimonies in Jesus' name. It is not a gift to serve God consistently. It's not a gift. It is a walk. It is a walk. It is a discipline. It is an effort you must make to engage with the spirit that quickeneth. It is an effort you must make consistently asking him to brood over your spirit man. So he helps us to preserve our spiritual life. The next thing is that he helps us to outwork the fruit of the spirit. And I want to stop on that because of our time. He helps us to outwork the fruit of our spirit. The fruit of the spirit. And every one of the fruit of the Spirit is to be outworked through our soul and our body. Many people say, Lord, uh, Pastor, I want to be patient. I really, really desire that I'm a bit more patient because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's, the, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. But you cannot be patient naturally. You can't. You can only be patient supernaturally. The Spirit of Adam 
the living being of Adam does not have capacity to be patient in itself. That's why he ate the fruit before time. But the life-giving spirit of Jesus teaches you how to wait on God. It tells you how to be tenacious. It tells you how to be focused. We have a generation that just wants things done quick. So they pray one time, pray second time. If you just say, oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say that he has not answered that prayer. Let, let's go. Let's go. No. Elijah had this spirit. That's why the Bible says when he was praying and it looked as if there was no rain, he kept on sending the servant back. He said, go and check again. That one said, Master, I didn't see anything. When he went the third time, I'm sure the servant will be saying, ah, this is my master. Which kind of thing is this? He, you, there's nothing here. Why is he disturbing me? But the Bible says he prayed again. He prayed again. The sixth time, the man said, ah, I can see something. He said, that is it. That is it. It's happening. Hallelujah. You and I must understand that it takes a connection to a quickened spirit for us to be tenacious even in the place of prayer. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. The Bible says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. It searches all the inner depths of his heart. The Holy Spirit is always looking for your spirit to guide and direct your life. The Bible says as many, John 1, 12, as many that received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. But that is a power to be called a son. But Romans 8, 14, the Bible says that, but as many as are led by the Spirit. There is a difference between receiving the Spirit and gaining the identification and a difference between being led by the Spirit so that you can truly manifest and bear witness by that Spirit. That is the place of consistency, being led of the Spirit. That is what gives you stability in these times. You and I must understand, friends, if we as adults cannot be strong spiritually, what will we teach our children? Look for every opportunity to teach them. Look for every opportunity to model Christ to them. Look for every opportunity for them to see. The reason why some of us are consistent today is because we have fathers who were consistent. My father never, I never in this whole life, he's still alive, he's about 84 years old now to God's glory. I never saw him one day do church like that. He was on fire every time for God. He was on fire for God. So I passionately followed him as well. And I want my sons to do the same by the grace of God. This is the way we ought to go. You keep going, making your spirit man in tune with the spirit of God all the time so that you can continually be led of the spirit. Galatians 5.16, the Bible says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, you allow yourself to continue to overcome. For the flesh will always lust against the spirit, verse 17 says, and the spirit against the flesh. And the Bible says, and these are contrary to one another. I told you there is a contention for your mind. The flesh will always be picking things of the world and trying to make the mind go that way. But the spirit man will say, no, this is what the word of God says. So when you populate your heart with the word of God, your spirit man is strong and then it controls the mind. It tells the mind, this is what you should think about. The Bible says whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, whatever things are of a good report, whatever things are just, whatever things are noble, think of such things. Philippians 4, 8. Do you think you can do that when you are going through trials? When you are going through challenge of life? Natural man cannot think of good things when everything around you looks as if it's collapsing. It takes a strengthened spirit man to remind you the word of God. And say it is well. 
It is well with the righteous. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with you. It takes the quickened spirit man to tell your mind that do not worry. Christ said, God said in his word, do not worry. For Christ has overcome the world. It takes a quickened spirit man to say, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You have overcome. The flesh will say, oh no, I can't overcome this one because this is overwhelming. Then the spirit man said, no, he whom the son sets free is free indeed. That is the word that the Bible is talking about there. Until you let the spirit man be greater with a voice, bigger, like voice of David was bigger against Goliath. Until that time, the flesh continues to dominate. But in your life, the Holy Spirit will rule your spirit man and your spirit man will continue to dominate in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I've explained that to you. Verse 18. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What is that law? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from this law, the law of sin and death. The law that the enemy keeps using to harass your life and make it look as if you cannot stand as a Christian. From today, God will grant you great grace. In the name of Jesus. Every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is to help you manifest in your mind. Look at it. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. They are all things that must come out of your mind and outwork through your body. How can you be those things if your spirit man is not quickened by the Spirit of God? How can you love those who despisefully, despisefully use you? How can you love those who hate you? How can you, love, how can you forgive those who don't want to forgive you? Even though they also wronged you, how can you forgive? As a pastor, I've seen things. I was reminded of somebody today as I was wearing my suit. And I looked at the mirror and I remembered the person. He said, Pastor, you know, I really don't like the way you wear the same kind of suits every Sunday. I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing you hear as a pastor. I say, what is it? What is the problem? <laughs> he said, I don't like it. He said, if only you change this. As if he bought me a suit and I did not wear it. <laughs> As if he came and bought me suit and I did not wear it. If I wear this suit for five years, that's my business. <laughs> What's your business? If I want to buy 100 suits, I will buy it to the glory of God. But there are more things to do with money. <laughs> I said, hey, pastor, you hear things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet and appreciate God. Yeah.